0: everybody i'm kelly ellers
1: i'm jeffrey Lennon.
0: and this is volume up by the tees jeffrey i think that i wanted to talk to you about lord's sort of hair <laughs> scarf <laughs> scenario that she's trying to make happen is it happening in la have you ventured out have you seen it
1: so I can tell you that it's not happening um, other than our good friend, Lord. Uh, I do appreciate the effort. I mean, she's done it a few times, a few different styles on the red carpet. She's trying to make a statement. It is going to be winter soon. So it's maybe practical.
0: Have you ever thought or said to someone, (laughs) your neck looks cold? But I see just you have your, a sufficient amount wrap of Wrap your hair.
1: Yep. Just get in there, <laughs> pin it in the back. No, I've never thought about right. that. I mean, it it is a little bit like I mean, it fits her vibe, doesn't it? it like totally she's doing does. this whole psychedelic yes. uh, whatever thing. It is a little bit like Star Wars inspired. Um, mm-hmm. I don't love it for the aesthetic.
0: Okay. It's the functionality,
1: up. maybe. I mean, honest <laughs> to God, like good for her. She's innovating.
0: Good for her. All right. We've got a lot to dig into.
1: Sure do. On last week's episode, I interviewed Dr. Graham Peasley, who's been a part of the American Physical Society for 38 years and the American Chemical Society for 35. Most recently, Dr. Peasley was part of a study to uncover PFAS in makeup. The paper entitled Fluorinated Compounds in North American Cosmetics. Dr. Peasley joined us as an expert in his field to talk about the dangers of PFAS and their study's findings. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, all of the places, at ReadTheTease, and send in questions to volumeup at com.
0: All right, Jeffrey, this week I talked with Tanuja Sangeetham, the head of regional digital marketing and the US eShop for Hinkle Beauty Care Professional North America. That's a mouthful. She is an accomplished professional. Uh, Tanuja leads a new team focused on the new digital marketing and e-commerce initiatives for the professional hair care business right here in North America. She's also responsible for building and managing the first Hinkle multi-brand e-commerce platform, whoo, targeted to beauty care professionals with products, content, promotions, and CRM. Our girl Tanuja has over 22 years in digital marketing. She has launched over 150 websites and has a history of developing breakthrough programs. So joining Tanuja and I was Cedric Parcigla. He is the senior digital marketing manager for Henkel Beauty Care North America, focusing on building out the B2B direct business and centralized digital opportunities. Cedric co-launched Salonery, the new destination for beauty professionals to shop online across the Hinkle Beauty Care professional brands.
1: Before we get to what's trending on thetease.com and our interview, let's talk about something that's being buzzed about everywhere. 90s supermodel Paulina Porskova is back as the face of Laura Geller Beauty's latest campaign. This year, the beauty company made the decision to move forward with exclusively featuring women over the age of 40 in all marketing and social media messaging, which falls in line with the brand's dedication to creating makeup for quote unquote, real women. Horskova is in her mid fifties, prominently featured in a video campaign in a bikini, forcing the question, what's wrong with getting older? Kelly, what are your thoughts? What is wrong with getting older?
0: Nothing. I look back and say, dang it, I had a great time in my 20s, but I also don't want to go back. (laughs) I think that comes with time and wisdom and and growth. And so kudos to the brand. I I mean, I love this campaign. And hell yeah, goals, number one. And I also liken it to Solas Gonzalez. She's the founder and CEO of Better Not Younger, which is um, a hair care line focused on women uh, in their... Later 30s, 40s, 50s, et cetera. And mm-hmm. for her, you know, I noticed an article this week. She was talking about how society thinks a woman's value decreases at the age that we start feeling our best, right? We are mid career, we are, are post children, um, things are chugging along great for us. So, you know, I stand with Sun as well as the brand in saying, let's feature it. There's no harm or shame, only beauty in getting older.
1: Ugh, love that. And yeah, I mean, it's 2021. This is incredible. Right. We're so excited for, <laughs> for Paulina for getting that work, for Laura Geller Beauty for this campaign and kudos to them and to Son Sales, And yeah, let's do this. So we've got lots to cover on thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work. This week and every week, on covering industry news, diving into brands you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, Celebrity hairstylist Lori Heap's dishes on winter color trends. Winter's coming. We know that. Lord knows that clearly. Uh, Lord the singer, not the, (laughs) you know, our heavenly father. Um, And look, it might be time to start looking for a new shade to help you take on cooler weather to get a better idea of the hair colors that are going to be trending this winter. Our team spoke with celebrity hairstylist Lori Heap to get her breakdown on the top three hair colors, rich chocolate ice queen, and rooted blonde that you should maybe try or consider working with your clients to to get the look. Head to thetease.com to see what she had to say, but I've got a question for you, Kelly, and it is, of those three, which one would you consider? Seriously.
0: Well... Off the top, I mean, I've always wanted to be an ice queen. Some, which is also, hopefully nobody really chops that piece up. Mm -hmm. um, But anyway, it's hard to get there. It's a journey. It's a long journey. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, last year at this time, I was a much darker, I was a rich chocolate. I would like to think that I'm inching my way to an ice queen, but I'm not sure if I can get there. So it's aspirational for me. Okay. Well, we like
1: that. I mean, that's honest. <laughs> um, aspirations are fine for winter uh, <laughs> added to the wish list that you want to be maybe an icy blonde. Either way, you all listeners should go to thetees.com, see what she's talking about. She had so many insights about how to get those looks, especially if you're a colorist going to be of interest. Thank you so much to, to Lori for, for sharing with us. Another thing that I think we should probably talk about is the fashion awards. So our team covered uh, the fashion awards that took place in the UK in the article, the most dazzling hairstyles from the 2021 fashion awards. They were hosted by Billy Porter, presented by TikTok, which the Brits do a lot of presented by brand. Um, And it was particularly glamorous, Uh, saw A-listers, models, industry, fashion, folks together together at London's Royal Albert Hall, and as much as we loved the fashions, duh, it's the fashion awards. Right. Our thoughts were really focusing on the hair, which was kind of incredible. Uh, So towering buns, sleek updos, pretty ponytails, no shocker. Attendees and their glam teams blessed us with endless hair inspo. You got to go to the site to see what we're talking about. Kelly already knows. Let's talk a little bit about which of those moments were you especially into?
0: So my number one is Isa Gonzalez, her diamond fringe headpiece, because who's not aspiring for that, right? She had loose curls that were styled by hairstylist Christian Wood, who is also a favorite of mine. So that's my number one, but I'm always here for a towering bun and a sleek updo. I think you can do no wrong with all, but I would like to try the diamond fringe. And what about wouldn't?
1: you? It's very much like a Whitney Houston in the bodyguard. Moment. Oh my God. Maybe that's um, why I like it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for, good for Isa for, for making this be a thing that we're doing in 2021. <laughs> I was really impressed, honestly, like it, when the team brought this to our attention, this was uh, a fun one to run through uh, because All there right. were actually so many looks and it seems like award season never really ends. And if the hair is going to yes. look like this, I'm fine with that. Basically that's, that's, that's my hot take. All right. One more, a All little right. bit timelier given sort of where we're at. Look, it's December. People are doing things like purchasing gifts because <laughs> the holidays are either here or approaching. Um, so yeah, look, our team did listicle. Eight hair-related stocking stuffers for anyone on your list. So whether you're putting together a stocking for a loved one or just looking for a small gift for a fellow hair lover, we've got you covered on thetees.com. Yep. Go over to the article. Need to know... What are you hoping to find in your stocking or under your tree that's hair related?
0: Mm-hmm. So I've got a have got a lot of hair products
1: mm-hmm. here as we all at the residence. Would expect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bounce from one to the next. You know, I always come back to my beloved orbe dry texture spray. Um, and so you know, I, I think I'm good on hair products and I also love this listicle. And I love a great gift guide listicle because I think I've purchased most of my gifts off brilliant editors, recommendations like ours at the T's. But the one thing I do not have in my possession is a Julian Dempsey gold bar. I want to take the gold bar while I'm watching Netflix and just do whatever it's supposed to do. And I will say I want this so because... I love Jenna Lyons, I follow her religiously, and she likes it so much that she put this in her highlights. So that's the one thing I'm I'm searching for, so there.
1: Well, I <laughs> hope that your husband's listening and that he can make that happen for you. Um, if not, maybe a, a generous listener will make that a thing. <laughs> uh, as we said, go over to thetease.com, check out the article. Again, eight hair-related stocking stuffers for anyone on your list, and then add to cart as always. So much going on at thetease.com beyond those stories. Those were just the things that are trending. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about.
0: All right. Next up, my interview with Tanuja and Cedric, where we're going to learn all about salonery.com. Can't wait. We are super excited to talk a little bit, a lot of it, about e-commerce with Tanuja Singitham and Cedric Parsikla. Tanuja is the head of regional digital marketing and U.S. eShop for Hinkle Beauty Care Professional North America. She heads a new team focused on the new digital marketing and e-commerce initiatives for the professional hair care business in North America, responsible for building and managing the first ever Hinkle multi-brand e-commerce platform targeted to beauty care professionals with product content and promotions. No doubt you have an incredible background over 22 years in digital marketing, launching over 100 Fifty websites. So it's a pretty solid, pretty solid run there, Tanuja. So welcome to the podcast today. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Great. And Cedric, you're up next. Um, You are the Senior Digital Marketing Manager for Hinkle Beauty Care Professional North America, where he is focusing on building out the multi-brand B2B direct business and centralized digital opportunities. Cedric co-led the launch of Salonery, the new destination for beauty professionals to shop online across the Hinkle Beauty Care Pro brands such as Schwarzkopf Professional, Kenra, Pravana, you name it. Currently, he focuses on continuous development and growth for the multi-brand e-commerce platform and expansion into other markets. The two of you together, okay, powerhouse, right? Exactly, dream team, right? (laughs) Sounds like it. Uh, Cedric, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you as well.
2: Thank you. Very excited to be here.
0: All right. So as I mentioned, today we're going to talk about e-commerce and specific into the salon professional space. I would love for, you know, Cedric, if you want to kick it off, tell us first and foremost a little bit about your background. Um, How did you get into the industry? How did you land in this position at Hinkle?
2: Yes, yeah, you can probably tell by my accent, I'm German. So, um, my career actually started with Henkel back in 2009, right fresh out of high school. In Germany, it's very common to do what's called an apprenticeship. So, um, out of high school, I went into Henkel uh, knowing nothing about business, nothing about uh, beauty in particular. But um, my very first department at Henkel. Um, I was actually in beauty care and uh, dived into um, international product management and, and marketing directly and, and uh, literally fall in love with uh, um, uh, all the beauty care uh, industry and, and uh, yeah, working at Henkel as well and uh, that journey continued and, and about a good two years ago, I moved from Germany to the US uh, into the regional team, starting to build out what is now Solanry.
0: Wow, amazing and great, Tanuja. Tell me a little bit about your background.
3: Yes, thank you. Um, So, clearly, twenty-two years. I always kind of feel like the OG in the room nowadays when it comes to digital marketing. Um, When I uh, this is going to date me, but when I uh, got out of school, there was no such thing as digital marketing. Um, I my first big job was working for Nestle. I started back in '93. There was again, uh, when I started Nestle, we didn't even have email. So that tells you a little bit about when I entered the workforce and it was back the days of memos and faxes and digital started to come along. Um, I had a chance, my boss said to me that, you know, Hey, we didn't have anybody to build a website or our competitors had one. And she said, you like computers, um, you <laughs> the website. So that was the random way I got into building the very first website. So back in 98 launched a Frisky Pet for the pet food division, uh, for Nestle USA. And it was one of our first sites globally. And uh, it was exciting, fell in love with the space, tech meets uh, the art side. And then, again, I've had the good fortune to spend all those years. I did 21 years at Nestle, but then I moved into the paint category, had a chance to do five and a half years working in paint, doing e-commerce, digital marketing, social. And then for the past one year, uh, the good fortune to join the beauty industry, which is um, a a lot of fun, very exciting to be. And uh, got to be a part of Henkel through uh, some former colleagues that you know talked about the company and the organization, and uh, now we're here.
0: Amazing! So from pets to paints to the, our beloved Pro Space, right? Got a love natural it. progression. That's what I say. <laughs> we're painting hair versus walls, exactly, like color, design, creativity. <laughs> I love that you started at a time where digital wasn't even a thing. I mean, how amazing throughout the progress and progression of your career to see digital expand into what it is today. It's pretty exciting when I think back
3: to the days where it was just, I would get tiny little test budgets. Nobody knew what it was, e-commerce even more so because when I spent all those years in food and beverage, You know, the leadership would always say, well, you can't taste food through the computer. And so it was always (laughs) one of those things that you had to go, okay, it's a communication channel. And then over the years to see the evolution from the early days of a website, brochureware to content, to CRM, and of course, social digital advertising. Now, I think to have those fundamentals though, prior to it coming, um, and you realize it's the same thing. It's not about how technology is wired, it's how people are wired. And now we just take that into the digital space.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I tell my two kids that when I was a, let's see, a senior in high school, we had a class on how to search the world wide web. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like, whoo, <laughs> And here we are. We've got so much at our fingertips now. So amazing. So I will toss this to either of you. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about how, how e-commerce has changed our beauty industry as a whole.
3: Great, you know, I can um, uh, start here and uh, I know Cedric has some thoughts here as well. I think as a whole, when it comes to e-commerce, I always say like now, I feel like we're in the golden era of e commerce you know we've had different phases of sort of the digital marketing sort of evolution and we were already there prior but once covid hit i think it accelerated it even more so and yeah. industries that weren't really that big in econ prior so again it would be sort of the food categories i think beauty just like when i was in paint was tough because you it was a visual industry so sure. you could kind of look but then you still had to go to the store to pick out things to see the right colors try things on And I think a lot of that has shifted since COVID, plus you can get everything so fast. And so before discovery was just, you know, you sort of look online, but then still go to the store. And now I think we've seen that shift that people are willing to test and try at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not just for, you know, just early research or discovery.
0: Cedric, how about your take on how e-commerce has changed our, our beauty industry?
2: I think in terms of trends, that's something where it, it changed a lot because now you're able to see trends uh, on your fingertips and and uh, apply them almost instantly. It's it's I mean, TikTok has made it so fast to to make trends emerge and, and just be out there and uh, connecting that with e-commerce is, is even easier to to have those products at your your fingertips at your hands almost immediately. I mean, uh, how fast everything is being delivered and and uh, how how quick it goes with e-commerce and how the development changes is just amazing. It's a great space to be in right now.
0: And th- speaking of a, a great space, I know you, know, you launched Solanery, you know, a handful of months ago. Um, tell me a little bit about that process and, and how you sort of started out to think, hey, we've got to get a platform. It must have been quite an endeavor. And Cedric actually started the launch
3: before I even joined the organization. All right. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, and we, we talked a little bit about it before. I started before COVID. So it was actually a, a project that uh, just got accelerated by COVID. So. Even before uh, COVID was even uh, around, um, we we, um, were talking about the eShop, we were talking about launching a platform where professionals can um, shop and can can purchase basically everything from our portfolios online. Um, And it was a great endeavor. We worked very closely with the headquarters, uh, with our agencies to to really capture on the trends and to see what we have to do in order to build that store, to make it a multi-brand store, which is a first for Henkel. So far, we have only had um, single brand stores, mainly in Europe, but um, obviously the U.S. is a very different tier, very mature market when it comes to e-commerce and then building a whole new store um, is, is uh, quite the endeavor and quite the experience. Um, and, and definitely uh, with COVID accelerated because yeah, everyone orders online. I don't know about you, but, but um, there's at least uh, two trucks showing up on my doorstep every single day. And uh, I think that's the case for almost everyone in this country.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, and with COVID, it certainly, as you mentioned, accelerated our, our natural buying behaviors from an e comm perspective. And now professionals that have, have been brand loyalists within your portfolio have that at their fingertips from that multi-brand perspective. So spot on, and I'm sure a welcome addition to, to their new e-commerce buying habits as well. So now that we're back, you know, we're back in the salons, we're back out, you know, we change, COVID changes us and what's open. Um, but. Do you feel like once we're back in the salon, I don't want to say, uh, you know, back to back to normal, because I feel like there we're going to move past that there will be a new normal. But how do you think e-commerce will continue to grow as we progress um, going back to the salon, back to the stores?
3: I think that some of the questions have always been that, you know, once COVID is done, <laughs> you know, what behaviors will stay, what are the things that, you know, consumers or, you know, customers in general will change. And I think the research showing now that's coming through is really that now it's been so long of COVID and that, you know, plus, year and a half plus, that these aren't just interim behaviors. And so now we've all adapted to new things we've, and I think a lot of companies have adjusted to being able to, you know, move things faster, add more convenience, it set uh, a new level of sort of um, expectations that i think will stay and maintain these new behaviors that have emerged so i think we'll continue on in terms of ordering product the other thing too is that you know as companies and manufacturers you know we're able to personalize and customize things better so we can deliver even more on the experience ideally you know because we can give them exactly what they want give them the convenience they're looking for that then uh they'll just continue on after
0: yeah that makes sense Cedric, anything to add from your perspective there? Again,
2: just asking myself and and uh, how I behave. I'm not going to go back and go to the grocery store every single day. I like my Instacart. I, I like my my orders uh, from from any online shop. So uh, I, I think that's the case across the board. And uh, as Tanuja said, we're adding more convenience also along the way. So it's here to stay. It's not just a a face, I'm sure about that.
0: Yeah, and you know, thinking about in Salon Pro, you know, our our distribution model was that we were working with distributors, a lot of business being being driven through brick and mortar. Um, now with this behavior ship, how, how is the distribution model changing the industry when you add in these layers of e-commerce like this?
3: Um, I think one of the great things is that it is challenging. I think a lot of systems, supply chains, you see this across the board. Everybody's trying to figure out how to sort of do this end to end solution before, you right. know, the manufacturer, you create your product, you get it to market. And now I love what I heard somebody say, route to market has shifted route to me. And so now we have to close the whole loop. We got to take it all the way through. The great thing for companies like us and brands like us is before we never got to have direct interaction with our customers, the end person. Now right. that we're seeing directly from them, you know, feedback, what they're saying, you know, there's a huge responsibility to in owning that full relationship. So we're actually get to hear from them. What are we doing well? What could we be doing better? Um, you know, data has been really critical for us to be able to use that and see, okay, could we again offer something that's a, a better service for them? Sure. Um, so again, it's a very exciting time for us. Just really, again, listening and uh, reacting to what uh, customers are really looking for that we didn't right. have to do before.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, and what do you, you know, what have you learned about salon professionals based on some of this data that you're seeing? Are there any kind of overarching trends uh, that you're seeing that you think will continue on as well?
2: Well, as a manufacturer, we do want to to offer the full spectrum to, to the professional. So um, we, we uh, still, welcome everyone who wants to go to a brick and mortar store wants to, to touch and feel the product so definitely that that's part of the experience as well, but we do want to. Also add that missing puzzle piece of that uh, online delivery, we think that's that's of crucial importance to to have that convenience and then delivery right to the steps of the salon so. Um, really the mix of both and, and making everyone who, who wants to engage with our products feel comfortable to, to do that in any way uh, they, they would like to is of is, um, most important for us.
0: Got it. Anything to add, Janusha, from your perspective? Um, I think, just again,
3: like really saying, you know, how can we um, not just provide product, but also content, inspiration, education? I think here we have a chance too, to see, okay, how can we help them grow their business? So right. we know that they ha- are facing challenges. You know, Obviously uh, COVID has really, the shutdowns and startups of the different businesses and going forward, there's so much unpredictability of what's yeah. gonna happen in the market here. And for us to really listen and sort of pay attention to what are the dynamics that are going on? What are the challenges they're facing? How can we be a partner uh, for them beyond just providing our products? So, I think we have some great opportunities um, to be able to again provide more value to them.
0: Yeah, I think that is so critical because we, you know, as professionals, we're really looking for a lot of that hands on in person education, whether it was business building or trends, um, you know, techniques. And so, you know, who is going to solve that challenge? I think that's yeah. a big industry-wide question across the board um, with manufacturers, big and small, um, because we're used to having some of those tactile experiences. So I think is is if a dot-com can bring that in addition to the convenience of, of ordering and ordering throughout a, a portfolio, that's definitely going to be a win for the industry.
3: Yeah. I would just add too, it's funny, like when you think about the early days of Retail, where you thought you had to have the person and the face-to-face in order to be successful, and then you look. Of course, Amazon clearly built to be the you know second largest retailer in the world, and they all did it behind a computer screen. You know, right. um, and the fact that you can do that, and that people say, "I love Amazon," which is an emotion. So it's not just about right. delivering a product, but people have a huge loyalty. So that is, um, again, we're in the right time because you know companies have been there before us setting these precedences.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So I know we have a lot of different salon models out there, whether it's commission salon, it's individual um, suite renters. Uh, What type of salon models do you feel work best for e-commerce solutions like this?
2: I would say any, because who doesn't like the convenience of, of getting everything delivered right to them? So I think it works um, for, for the small independent stylist that um, just needs need supplies for, for their week or even for their day, um, yeah. up to, to big salon chains um, who uh, restock on a regular basis, um, big orders um, and and uh, salonry. Um, with salonry, we serve to, to all those audiences. Um, anyone who has a professional license can, can shop at salonry, um, no matter how big, how small. Um, we've seen orders. Orders um, that that just have a couple products in there. We've seen orders that have been um, very big. So so that's that's also the purpose yeah. of Salon, to really serve um, the, the stylist, the individual, um, team, salons, um, anyone really.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, we talked about anyone can shop that has a professional license. i um, certainly a, a topic is how do you verify that license on the back end walk me through the, pro- the, the process of I'm logging on I've got my first order, like what should salon professionals expect throughout that that purchase journey.
2: Well, you can actually see a lot of the site without logging on already. You can see our products. You can see great user-generated content on Salonary, really get inspired, get uh, inspired about new styles, um, about our products, new launches. Uh, what you cannot do though is order a product if you're not a professional license. It's the same if you go into a brick and mortar store, you have to show your license before you can shop. Right. Same works with salonry. And, and you're fully right, uh, we actually do have a team in the background who is checking licenses. Um, there's a different website, a different method per state. So it uh, takes some time to, to um, check the license to make sure that, that everyone can shop on Solanry. Um And then um, you would get an email um, that your license has been verified and uh, you can um, use everything that's. Laundry offers and shop across our portfolio. Um, it's, it's a really easy process for you as a, as a professional. You just enter your license number, your state, um, and then it gets verified.
0: Got it. Yeah, I know that in the early days of e ecom for pros, that was such a challenge to verify license licensure across the U.S. because oddly, it's not the same
2: <laughs> there's still a few states where you have to call in it's still yeah. a phone process and they I have mean, opening time so <laughs>
0: isn't it wild i think maybe the next innovation should be universal license licensure yeah. across the board
3: <laughs> when i first started that was something i'm like oh there must be like a real-time check a right? database of some sort but uh no not yet but as you said i think maybe that can be an, a future innovation
0: yeah, right. It's it's been it's been interesting too in in working with brands because it is you know our we love our industry but there is always some room for innovation, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and it sounds like you're doing it at Salonery, so it's amazing. Um, tell me how you maintain kind of that positive customer experience throughout the Salonary e-commerce business model.
3: Yeah, no, that's a great question because we do know again that's how people are gonna really view the experience, you know, and um, this is our first time being able to have that full end to end. So what we're doing is, you know, we're not perfect. We are working on everything. We're um, learning as we go, troubleshooting what we can. So we really try to have points of um, customer checks All day long, uh, myself, Cedric, and the whole team, we're constantly looking at the feedback that's coming in, whether it's the shipping process, if people are having challenges on the site, and each way through to see, even if someone doesn't reach out to us, but we see a review out there that, hey, this person didn't have a great experience. We say, okay, what can we do? So we start to dig into it. A lot of times we outreach with the customer who had that and really just try to share that you know we really value them and what can we do to improve it. And and fortunately, people have been great so far. they've been really understanding that again we're still growing we're still learning um and that our end goal is you know we look at every single person that visits our site as a guest you know when people come inside of a shore and open the doors it's the same thing they come into our site you know how can we provide them with guidance maybe they they're looking for something um and how do we protect their data all their information just as we would anybody who would walk into say our virtual shop
0: yeah, I think that's so smart and, and it's great to take it slow and case by case and learn your way through it because once you've got it dialed into that secret sauce of success at those multiple touch points, that's when you're cooking with gas. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You, you know, especially from a really large manufacturer with multiple portfolios, I can imagine that it is a very concerted team effort to make sure that all of those touch points are um resolved or you know amplified throughout the organization as well
3: yes and the thing with us is that you know e-commerce we're also familiar with from a consumer standpoint so our expectations are set by so many companies before us and so even we know we can bring our personal experience into it like how would i react if this happened if this was delayed what would i expect so we can actually draw on a lot of our own e-commerce experiences to bring to the table
0: Yeah, that's great. So last question is, you know, what is next for Salonery? Where do you see the model going as you as you incubate your way through? You've launched um, all of your learnings. Like, is there is there a next phase? I think continue to um,
3: grow, expand. You know, I think we want to see how can we add more value to the audience. You know, what can we do to um, provide them again with not just product solutions, but again, if they're looking for certain pieces of content or education, you know, how can we adapt? How can we provide better, you know, uh, shipping options or other things that can be more personalized? I think that's one of the goals is really to see, again, whatever it is that they're um, looking for, make it unique to their experience, Um, CRM, um, adding things. We have, uh, we're growing our social presence as well. We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, building out, you know, YouTube and other uh, channels is uh, some of the next things as we continue to grow.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, no doubt a content play on a a pretty aggressive, you know, um, platform to grow, to build, to keep that kind of real-time personalization of the brands that your salon professionals have loved for so many years and translating that to the, the purchase and buying behavior. Yes. And the space, you know, digital landscape
3: keeps changing. You know, we see every single week and day, like new launches, things coming out. So how can we adapt fast to what's happening? What are the expectations, whether it's, again, different things in a live chat or different ways that they interact with content, consume things. So we're, you know, keeping an eye on where the puck is going and then making sure to figure out, hey, is that something that we should add to salonry? You know, is this something that our community of salon professionals would find valuable? uh to them Makes sense. And
2: at this point, I also really want to make a shout out to our visitors because they have been so valuable so far. That we have gotten so much nice feedback as well, and also feedback to to adapt things, to change things, which we can do sometimes very quickly. Um, there have been changes in the display of color, um, how how is the color is searching for the different colors, and and that's amazing feedback that we love to hear, and are uh, sometimes able to implement very fast. Uh, and sometimes it also takes a little bit to implement that feedback, but we're evolving every day, uh, and I think. Uh, it's it's a team effort, not only in our small but mighty team, but also uh, with uh, our, our users, our visitors together, because um, we're all striving for, for that seamless uh, shopping experience. And I think if we can do it uh, uh, together, that's even a better thing um, uh, yeah, as yeah. a joint endeavor.
3: And and we're excited, you know, uh, the parent company with Henkel as a whole is so supportive of digitization uh, innovation. And so we're kind of like, we look at ourselves as sort of the startup inside of this, you know, large organization. So we uh, have a, a group that highly supports us as we go forward to be able to come up with, hey, some of these new solutions and tools.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of credit to you and your team because I too have built and launched sites Certainly not 150 plus like you, Tanuja, but I think the time and skill and effort that goes into building a seamless user experience, most people wouldn't, wouldn't even know how to dip their toe in that bucket. So um, kudos to you on building and launching a beautiful site that is is impacting and making a difference in our industry uh, for our pros. It's one less thing to worry about. Do I head over here? Do, I, I'm missing something. Can I just order it from my couch at night? I know X, you know, my, my client's coming in on Thursday and she's out of my Kenra number 25 hairspray, which is the cult favorite. Come on. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm on that train. So thank you to both of you. Um, so now we're to the part where we have something called the tease quick takes. And so They are some silly questions we've asked all of our guests um, just to kind of ground us in in a little bit of laughter at the end. So the first one is, I'll start with you, Tanuja, bar soap or body wash? Absolutely,
3: 100% body wash. All right. And Jasmine, if I can get it.
0: (laughs) All right. I like it. Cedric, what about you?
2: (laughs) Same, body wash as well. And uh, as I said in the beginning, I used to work in a body care division at Hancock. And it's very interesting how it varies between bars and body wash. So Europe, for example, is almost 100% body wash. Uh, So um, Hmm. I think I took that back with me from from Europe as well.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay, what are you both streaming right now? Meaning Netflix, podcasts, what is it? What can't you get enough of? Cedric? you can kick it off
2: well I just finished um the first part of the what is it fifth season of the money heist on on Netflix um it's it's an amazing show I I I really get uh looped in so quickly but during the weekend, I started Squid Game. I think it's uh, right now okay. one of the the biggest shows out there, and it's mesmerizing. I, I couldn't stop watching. I'm al- already halfway through. So uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're recording now, and we're gonna air in a couple of weeks. So by then, maybe I'll be caught up on on that too. But I did see that there is all the rage about that as well. Tanuja, yep. <laughs> what's on your list?
3: Absolutely, Ted Lasso. You know, someone Lasso. turned Great. me onto it uh, last season. And said, "Oh, I can't believe you know you got to watch this." So I went and started watching, and I I literally have no uh, interest in football or um, soccer, as we call it here. And I thought, "Oh, I don't know, I'm not even a necessarily a fan." It is the most charming show. And um so I look forward to that every week. And then that would be one that's sort of well known. The one that it's always a little bit of guilty pleasure to watch is Virgin River. So I am on a-
0: No, <laughs> I watch Virgin River. Yeah. It's so like it's a little bit of a Hallmark movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not the cerebral song. challenge, but it is I All I right. it's a great show. All right. I love it. So I it's funny because one of my son's teacher, um, the music teacher brings her, the third grade teacher, a tiny little biscuit every Friday. Like Ted Lasso brings his boss. That's awesome. (laughs) I know. I'm like, that's pretty charming. (laughs) Uh, Okay. One product you cannot live without. That's not one of yours. It's not in the portfolio.
2: I brought two actually. okay go ahead one is uh my day cream with uh, a sunscreen in there because sunny l.a coming from germany not being used to the sun (laughs) i I need that now um and the second one i just recently got an an e-bike which is game-changing so i I use that almost every single day and uh, that's one of the the best purchases i've ever made
0: i've heard those are amazing because when you're going up a, a hill Or you want to get some speed? You can just turn on the E part, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. All right, Tanuja, product
3: you can't live without. um, I would say I've become dependent on this, but it's my uh, Alexa devices. I have three now. And it's mainly because my home is now wired for all of these devices. And I find that like when the Wi-Fi goes out, and I'm still sitting there speaking, I'm like, oh. I gotta go turn the light on or off. And my thermostat, like all these things that I'm now dependent on. So they did a smart thing with some of that. And when I travel, it's kind of funny, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, oh my God, I have to get out of bed to like change the thermostat <laughs> or light. And then the other one I would say is my SodaStream. I love my SodaStream. And yeah. so I constantly use that. So I would say those two.
0: <laughs> I love it, okay. Do you put flavoring in your SodaStream or is it just straight bubbles?
3: Just for your bubbles. I like to make my own fruit sodas. Um, okay. so I will just get some fruit juice, a little bit of fruit juice yep. and then put in my uh, soda stream and, and Hey, let's be honest, it comes in handy for cocktails. So, <laughs> Oh
0: yeah. Okay. That's a real truth. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And the last but not least advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry.
3: I would say um, just be constantly open and learning because again, the space changes so fast. I mean, in the, again, 22 years I've been in this, the one thing that has been constant is change and change at a much more rapid level than any other sort of industry. So I think if you think you have it, wired or nailed down, then you're going to, it's going to go past you because from hardware updates to software updates, all these companies are launching different things, these, and new behaviors keep emerging. And so to stay on top of it and know again, where's the puck going to always be open and receptive and, um, and test and learn, because I can't, you know, we look all over the, all these years where, you know, sometimes organizations or brands think, oh, you know, I, you know, don't want to test this. It's not figured out yet, but you know, if you wait for it to get figured out, then you'll never be doing anything innovative.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you've spent your entire career probably testing and learning.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, cost a lot. You can do all kinds of different things and then measure it. And then I think that once you do that, you build a muscle for it. And so yeah. then you just carry it forward. Yeah, I love
0: that. All right, Cedric
2: switched from retail beauty to professional beauty and uh it might be easy to think retail professional doesn't make a difference it's beauty but it does make a huge difference uh so putting yourself in the shoes of the professional um uh, that it's, it's a very special um uh, industry it's a very uh loving and and uh relationship based industry which is which is amazing i just love it and i think that's also very important for for um, me always to keep in mind that that we are working with um, highly talented individuals um, who um, really deserve to to also get that extra love and from our side, and I think that's one of the the most crucial things.
0: Yeah, I love that our industry is very special. And there's few that enter and then leave um, because it is an industry like none other. This is so fun talking with both of you. Excited to hear more about Salonery.com and all of the innovation that you have launched with the dot-com and to to see your continued success.
3: Thank you so much and and for having us on. This has been great. And again, if people want to learn more, please visit the site. We're also in social media. If they have any questions, they can reach out to us. Uh, Again, we're very open. We want to hear from people. So uh, again, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. You bet.
2: Thank you. This has been fun.
0: (laughs) So what do you think, Jeff? I mean, the world does need an easier way to purchase our beloved salon products. Tanusha can say now it's 151 websites. So that's a (laughs) career milestone. A lot of work goes into this behind the scenes to make it a seamless effort. So congratulations again to the Hinkle Beauty Care professional North American team. And here we have it.
1: Yep. No, I was so excited. And I mean, it sounds like based on their experience that they were exactly the right people to make this happen. Agreed. So excited for them, for the Henkel team, for our industry, go to com, gang um, when you're not on the com, And yeah, thank you so much to both of them for joining us and talking.
0: <laughs> Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at read the Teas, and send in questions to volume up at the
1: Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline
3: Hickey. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. Boom.